First Person Advisors is now a subsidiary of NFP, the fifth largest insurance broker in the world, combining local expertise with access to global capabilities and solutions. Learn more at firstpersonadvisors.com. The tranquil sounds of nature, music to Steve Simon's ears, about as much so as listening to the Grateful Dead. A complete contradiction to the commotion after an NBA thriller. Steve Simon was in his early 30s when Reggie Miller hit that playoff game winner. Now, 25 years later, he is in line to take over ownership of the Indiana Pacers from his dad, Herb Simon. And Steve is already making his mark in the locker room. You know, I asked him to come in and, and say a few words to the team after the game. Um, and he was he was great. He was just, just phenomenal. He thanked the guys for uh, their competitive spirit, their fight, um, talked about uh, the future and, and how uh, the struggles we've gone through this year um, are going to bear fruit going forward. Steve Simon on what's next for the Pacers, life growing up in a high-profile family, and why he finds solace and comfort in the waves of the ocean, the wind whipping through the trees, and the majesty of the mountains. He's my guest on the Business and Beyond podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. I'm Gary Dick. Steve Simon's first taste of the business world came when he was just seven years old. He was jetting around the country in the family's private plane, tagging along on Dad Herb's business trips, absorbing how real estate and shopping mall development worked. He graduated from North Central High School and earned a degree from IU. He's not a traditional suit and tie guy, and boardroom meetings, all that jumping into the family business would have to wait. Steve found his passion in exploring and experiencing life through his love for the environment and culture, took a boat trip around the world with a buddy, hiked for weeks in New Zealand, and followed the Grateful Dead for years. Yes, he was, and still is, a deadhead. But eventually, Steve came back home to the Simon family business. Now he runs a private equity firm in Silicon Valley a staunch advocate for preserving the environment, a philanthropist, and a man moving forward to take ownership of the Indiana Pacers. And Steve Simon, it is a real treat to have you join me uh, on the podcast this week. How are you? I'm doing well, Gary. Nice to be with you. Pleasure. Good good to be with you as well. You know, you don't do many interviews, so I I really do feel honored that you'll take the time. You kind of fly below the radar screen, don't you? Is Is that by design? You know, we, no, I mean, a little bit, historically, I think a little bit, but um, 
No, it's a pleasure to be with you. You do, by the way, you do a great job. And uh, thank you. Some of my, you know, I've stopped listening to so much news and let go of some of my needing to keep up on things and my hypervigilance. So I've been listening to podcasts, including yours, and I've loved it. I've got to hear from my some friends and colleagues and partners, and you do a great job. It's well, uh, thank you. I really do appreciate that. And you know, everyone knows the Simon name. A lot of people don't know a lot about you. I know in doing some research and talking to uh, some mutual friends, you know, you're described in a number of ways, smart, quirky, introspective. Uh, but one that I think is interesting is I want to try to give people a feel for who you are. I'm, more than one person has talked about the fact that you care about things. You really have a, have a big heart. How, how, do, how do you react to that? That's nice to hear from people. Yeah, I think uh, I do care a lot about things. I care a lot about the amazing state of Indiana where I, you know, I, I'm back all the time and I grew up and I'm, uh, I'm a Hoosier through and through. And there's a lot of stuff I care about, the family cares about that we get to, you know, such a great platform to get to participate in, you know, helping people and being a part of, uh, you know, great organizations and, and being connected to people. It's, um, yeah, it feels great. Yeah, one of your passions is the environment. You, you, I, I would consider, based on what you know, I've seen and heard, you are an environmentalist. Where did that passion for the environment come from? I think it came from Sheila Simon, my mother, huh. my, my dear mother, who's eighty-three and still enjoying her. She lives in the city. She's just been a city lady in San Francisco for a long time. But you know, Herb and Sheila, you know, loved taking us to. I mean, Eagle Creek Park way back in the day, and then. We were fortunate, some dear friends of ours, the Alperins, moved to a beautiful little place, much smaller back then, Aston, Colorado, when we were five or six years old. And we went to visit them and being in the mountains and that beauty. And, you know, I get to, I get to travel around a lot, you know, just loving the, the outdoors and realizing how precious it is, you know, is, is definitely, you know, I think that was the seed early on for sure. And, and, and you, you have been known, but you, you'll take it, you'll go hiking for maybe a couple of weeks at places around the world to really get out and engage and enjoy uh, the great outdoors. It's been a while since I've been out that long, but yeah, I've had a lot of great outdoor adventures and some great friends who are way more versed in the backcountry to take us camping and spend real time out there to get away from, you know, in this day and age, right? We have our devices and we have, you know, the pull of a lot of things. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a joy. It's, it's less less uh, often, but near and dear to my heart. For sure. Yeah. And, and you, you and your family have been such benefactors to Indiana. And, and one area I know you're engaged with is the Indiana Land Trust, which obviously connects to that environmental passion that you have. Yeah. And uh, it's been great to be involved with CELTI, Central Indiana Land Trust, and Cliff Chapman, and just a bunch of committed board members and, and staff who are you know, I think been really impactful here in central Indiana and a little bit beyond and, and working with people like, like the governor and, uh, you know, the state to protect land and, and make it available for people to enjoy. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been great to be involved. Another passion of yours is music. I did my research. I know you're a deadhead, right? Uh, you used to, uh, follow the Grateful Dead around yeah. the country a little bit. They're still in my, they're still in my head all the time, but <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you have a favorite. Yeah. Grateful Dead song? If I had to pick one, it'd be Eyes of the World, okay. which uh, is, is a beautiful yeah. song. But yeah, I'm uh, lucky. Now, I didn't help my studies, didn't help my <laughs> diligence back in the day. But, you know, I got to uh, see a lot of Dead shows and, and connect to community and um, music and a shared experience. Yeah, it was great. 
Now, you mentioned you are a Hoosier, certainly grew up here, uh, but you moved to San Francisco. How, how long has it been now? Tw- 20 years? Yeah, it's been over 20 years. I moved to uh, San Francisco for a variety of reasons. Now I live in Marin County, which is, um, which is just north uh, with my family. And, you know, I had some business mentors out here at the time. My mother moved here long ago, had some other friends and some of my interests were out here. So I moved long ago. And I'll tell you though, Gary, the more been away a long time, I get to come back so often, you know, like as much as I can less in the, you know, in the pandemic, but the longer I'm gone, the more connected and rooting for and appreciative of Indiana, the Midwest, of Hoosier hospitality, the way we work together. That is different than a lot of places. And our, our DNA of this, the city and the state and Hoosiers um, and that kind of community is, is, becomes more and more you know, inside me and, and resonates more and more. I, I think that's really interesting to hear you say that because you obviously live in San Francisco, but have that, that, that affinity and that connection to Indiana. And, and it has grown stronger over the years, I guess, as you suggest. What is it about Indiana that really makes it a special place to a lot of people, but a special place to you? And I think it's my roots. It's, um, it's in my DNA. I think it's the people. I mean, mm-hmm. this, you know, the, the state and the city with so many great champions has evolved in, in so many ways from the, you know, the early days when certainly, you know, uh, Herb and Mal came from the, from New York and, and just so many iterations and evolutions of that, of the city and all its great equity and, and connectivity but it really goes back to the, the people and their care for their state and, uh, and each other. Sometimes I say that elsewhere and people, it sounds a little hokey. Like there is some almost secret DNA and sort of mojo of like who's your hospitality and people working, you know, collectively that I think, I, I think is not like at least any other place I've been to. Well, you certainly grew up uh, around the uh, the mall and development uh, business, watching your dad, Herb, and uh, your uncle, Mel, build uh, an incredible company and give back to this community and this state in so many ways, to be sure. Uh, in reading some background on you, Steve, I thought it was so interesting, and I could kind of visualize you as uh, I read about you flying around with your dad and your uncle as they built the company and, and going to places around the company. So you kind of got it as a very young child, got a, got an up-close personal look at the, the business. How did that, how did that shape you or did it? That's a good question. Yeah, they did. They, they would run me around occasionally with them, including an early meeting with Herb in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, which, you know, you, you think of these sort of moments that you have some yuck. Well, I spilled a Coke all over his development plans in Fond du Lac when I was a little kid. And, he, and I remember that like wanting to feel part of and he gave me a Coke, which was a big thing back then, and I spilled it. But I don't know, you know, it did, I never thought I would be, you know, certainly in that business, which I did earlier in my career and, and probably finding as much passion and excitement around business and, and investments and deals. But I think what, what, what stuck with me is the way, you know, Mel and Herb did business, how they connected with people, how they were partners to people in good time and, you know, good times and times that weren't so good. So I think subconsciously without knowing that, like the way they carry themselves, their, you know, their integrity, their, the way they enjoyed it and brought themselves to it. I think that probably did, you know, stick with me a bit for sure. Yeah. And like you, your, your dad has worn his 
affinity, his love for Indianapolis and Indiana on his sleeve. I mean, I, I talk about, you know, he's grew up in New York, but uh, I think Brooklyn, but uh, considers himself himself a Hoosier. So he, he has that connection to Indiana and Indianapolis as well. I mean, he, you know, you, you know, he, he's always said, and I, and it, it's just deep in his truth and meaning, like the greatest thing that ever happened to him is Mel plucking him out of probably ending up in the garment district in New York and perchance, right. Mel got out of the army at Fort Ben and, you know, Herb just newly married, maybe not even married to my, my mom, Sheila came, you know, almost sight unseen to Indianapolis. And I think he's always said, you know, if you look at the body of work of how the city and the state have been just great, a great canvas and a great partnership. Like he's always like entirely and forever indebted to having this as a place to build a family, build a business, make deep connections and certainly try to give back. But, you know, he always says the city, you know, and the state have been better to me than I've been to, uh, to it. So, yeah. Well, you were in the, the family business for a while, but you made the conscious decision uh, that you wanted to kind of chart your own course, I guess, and went a different route. And it, I think, and you wanted to, to do it away from Indiana or away from Indianapolis and move to San Francisco and you go into heading a private equity firm uh, there and have a successful firm for, for a number of years now. Was it important for you to, again, kind of chart your own path and to do it outside of Indiana? I think, uh, you know, for my own maturation, like to, you know, I could always come back and enjoy Indiana, but if I never, you know, left and had a different experience, you know, it might, it, it might be a little limited. I, I think, you know, initially, you know, as a kid and when the, when, when Mel and her about the Pacers, you know, I had, I had some level of discomfort with that notoriety and that attention to the family. I was, you know, I was did leasing and development work with pre-Simon Property Group. And then after the, the company went public and I think I was competent at it, but it wasn't, speak, it didn't speak to me deeply. You know, I got to work with a lot of great merchants and operators and, and, and folks that, um, you know, that became important to me, but it wasn't quite my thing. And I think leaving just to, to um, have a different, you know, experience was important. You're obviously part of a succession plan that will uh, one day, uh, make you the owner and the leader of the Indiana Pacers. Th thinking back, I guess you would have been a teenager, right? When Mel and Herb bought the Pacers, yeah. right? It was 83. Yeah. And, and, and literally, I mean, it, it's certainly not an overstatement because I can remember uh, back then, uh, there was real risk of Indiana or Indi Indianapolis losing the Pacers and not having that team that has meant so much to the community. What do you remember? You said the notoriety maybe was a little, a little discomforting, but what do you remember about when, when, when they, they bought the team, what that was like for you as a, as a teenager? I think it, you know, with my sometimes nervous disposition, it, <laughs> it, it worried me uh, to some degree, just, uh, but I mean, if you think back, really people like Jim Morris and, 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 um, and, and others, you know, who were, have been great champions of the city, I think came to Herb and Mel and said, you know, look, it's a great and it's so true. Like it is such a beautiful, important community asset that we've been, you know, it's been a pleasure to be, a, you know, part of a steward of. And they were like, you know, of course, we're, we're, we're you know, we're, they were mostly stickball player. I think Mel played a little bit of basketball. Herb Simon did not play basketball, but they're mostly stickball players from the Bronx. But I, you know, I think it was like, sure, we want to be helpful. And, you know, we're, 
And it's just been, I think, you know, really fortuitous. So I remember, I remember I went to, I didn't go to opening night because, you know, there's these, we have all this history, right. right? We've captured with the tuxes. I went to right. my, I'm going to out Janet Kinney, uh, who I haven't talked to in a long time, but I went to my junior prom with Janet Kinney instead of going to that beautiful opening game where there's a classic picture of them holding the ball. But over time, of course, like it is, um, you know, become so important and so meaningful to myself and the entire family. And it's, you know, been lucky to be involved for many, many years. And, um, you know, the early days were, um, you know, were j- just happened. It just sort of happened. Uh, how, how do you describe to folks who aren't from Indiana that the importance of the Pacers franchise, uh, obviously basketball is an important part of the fabric of Indiana, but you know, the Pacers are such an important part. Professional franchises in many cities are important, but it just seems like there's a special sauce especially to that relationship between the Pacers and the city and the Pacers and the state. How, being in a, obviously very close to it. How, how do you describe that, that, uh, that relationship between the team, the franchise and the community? Yeah, I think it's so multifaceted, you know, it's, uh, it brings people together from different walks of life to, you know, root and be a part of a common thing, you know, you know, again, we're, we've had some great, you know, we've had some success. We want to have some more success. We want to give the fans a winner. You know, we, we're excited about the future and, you know, we want to, give the fans a, you know, a really competitive team. But, you know, I think there's that fabric of it brings people together. You know, it's certainly uh, as, as stewards of, of, of the, um, you know, of Gamebridge Fieldhouse, you know, in the history of that, of that building being a community asset, you know, how can we get back in the community? You know, there's certainly tax generation, economic contribution, you know, that'll be you know, excited about amplifying even more, you know, as, as the building, um, you know, continues to get renovated and modernized, which we're excited about, but still keeping the guts of, we think is the best basketball arena, you know, and then we get to, we're lucky, we, we you know, fortunate to get to host um, All-Star in 24 and have that be a, another, bring the world to Indianapolis, also economic contribution, but the idea of like to bring the world there and showcase this intimate, beautiful, multifaceted city you know, it is part of the, you know, the fabric that I think makes it, you know, rich and, and additive to the, to the city and the state and, and, you know, the people it gets to touch that, you know, the organization, you know, how do we build more belongingness and culture and, and service to the community? So I think it's a, it's a bunch of things. And, and I think it's interesting too, that next iteration, if you will, of commitment to community and, and being that, that gathering place the improvements inside Gainbridge Fieldhouse, yeah. but also outside with the, the plaza area. Uh, so as you look ahead, how do you, you view that, that development and what that will become? Because I think that it's going to be kind of one of those next great areas of downtown. Uh, it's really going to be transformative, I think, for that, that Near East side. I think it, it's going to be great. Yeah, we've wanted to sort of open it up for a long time. And we found the, uh, a great combination of, you know, again, sort of, cooperative public-private partnership to, to add this last phase. You know, we're doing more things to the building, to the balcony. You know, we've done a lot of stuff. We'll continue to do that. But this uh, Unity Plaza, right, which talks about how do we bind people together? How do we activate? How does that open it up to what's going to go on ultimately? City, county council building and the jail site. How does it connect up to, you know, all the stuff that's been, been going on 
linking everything in the city that is connected together. And I think coming out of COVID and the pandemic, like, you know, how do we activate more? How do we bring more art, activation, community, and celebration? I think it's a piece of a puzzle of the next iteration of this very communal and activated city. Yeah. It's very obvious that you're connected to Indianapolis. You know what's going on. What, what, what's, your, what's your take on uh, the future of downtown? It's had a tremendous ride for multiple decades and, a tra- again, transformation, if you will. A lot of articles written about it being such a uh, you know, shining star in the Midwest. What's next? Indianapolis and other cities face challenges going forward. What's your take on downtown Indianapolis and the future uh, of downtown? I mean, I think the future is bright. You know, all cities are, you know, in some ways reinventing themselves coming out of of COVID. But there's been so many, um, <clears throat> look, there's so many great things happening. You know, how do we continue to add to it? You know, with, you know, a lot of the there's sports tech investment, there's um, Salesforce's presence and, um, you know, what Scott Dorsey and others, you know, High Alpha is doing to bring, you know, other sort of modern, diversified sort of business and, and diversity of people downtown to build on the great, pedi- you know, I think the pedigree of great corporate partners there. You know, we got, you know, the NCAAs there, the Colts, the Pacers, there's a mix of things. It's not, you know, I think the, the city has evolved so much. So I think there's just adding continued elements of what is the next iteration of, you know, work and play and and corporate activation and and more arts and more, more, all the stuff that's been built, you know, more, yep. more stuff, more stuff. Hey, that's before we go to the break, I want to get your take on, uh, yeah. on the Pacers, uh, on court, just uh, wrapped up an important draft, got a lot of, uh, uh, I think it's one of the most athletic teams that I can recall, uh, for the Pacers, but your take, what do you think about the team that's, uh, been pieced together here and, uh, what are, what are, what can fans expect on the court? I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're all excited. I think, um, you know, Kevin and Chad and Kelly and um, Brian and, and uh, Ted and all, all those guys put together a really great draft. We're excited about, you know, we're excited. You know, I think Ben is going to be a really exciting player. You know, Andrew and, um, and Kendall are other pieces of the puzzle to go along with. You know, we got, you know, we got excitement. We made some changes thoughtfully. You know, there's great folks we're developing. We got Tyrese and Chris and Isaiah and a bunch of young folks and other great talent. And, you know, like I think what we're telling the fans is, look, it's going to take some, it's going to take a little bit of time. We have a strategy in place. We have the pieces in place. You know, we've mostly always been competitive and that hasn't been the case in the last couple of years, but we're going to have an exciting dynamic team that's fun to watch. We're going to get better and we're convicted to build a really good competitive knock on wood championship caliber team. And I think we got some great young talent and some great veterans. And, you know, the great thing is the, you know, we, we, the fans deserve a, you know, a winner. Right. And that's, that's our job is to give them that. The other thing though, is the people who we've had around the team are also people who want to be here. Right. Generally who um, represent the brand and the city and everybody well. And so I think, you know, the other thing, the collective of things is, you know, how do we build, you know, how do we build belongingness and culture and folks involved who are um, care for each other and want to be here and represent the city and the town and, um, and the brand the right way. So, I mean, I think we want to get better we're going to get better. We're going to get better, 
you know, we're convicted to do that. And also we have, you know, we've, we've been really fortunate to have players who want to be here and, you know, are so part of what we're doing and, and represent us and um, in the way that um, fans should be really excited and, and proud about. We will continue our conversation with Steve Simon uh, a lot more in our sec- the second half of our podcast, including uh, uh, his thoughts on the future of the Indiana Pacers franchise and much more. Stay with us as the Business and Beyond podcast continues. First Person Advisors is now a subsidiary of National Financial Partners, the fifth largest insurance broker and consultant in the world. Develop your total reward strategies all in one place with the combination of First Person's local expertise and NFP's global resources and integrated solutions. Learn more at firstpersonadvisors.com. Welcome back to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. My guest this week, Steve Simon, coming to us uh, from his home in the San Francisco area. I, hey, I've got to ask you, you are a Pacer fan. You've got a Pacer jersey on as we speak, which I think is great. As you, you've been so close to the franchise, do you have a favorite memory, Pacer memory? I, I, I want to ask you about your biggest maybe thrill as a, as a fan and disappointment. What would be a highlight. Can you pick, pick one moment yeah, out that I, you really remember? I can pick one that is etched in my brain, which is the, um, was that 98 when, uh, it's very famous when Jordan, um, Reggie taps. Allegedly. Yeah, that's right. And hits yeah. that three. I, this is back in the day. Now, you know, we don't sit together anymore. Back in the day it was, I think we all sat together, but when that shot was hit, it was, incredibly exciting and then if anyone remembers that 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 clip is played all the time but when jordan came back down and almost hit a game winner with almost no time left yes my father who was so excited after reggie hit the shot he collapsed in his seat and i thought he had a heart attack and then when the when the when the rimmed out like it it seemed like a longer period but it was just a moment i thought he was had a heart attack and then he popped up and he went crazy and he was dancing around. And that was a great moment. Now, you know, I cried after, uh, you know, gave seven when we, you know, when we lost, but that was, that was a great moment. We've had so many great moments and it's been, uh, you know, it's been such a pleasure. I think uh, it it must've been the same year. My brain is not that good, but um, we were up four or five with six minutes left in the, uh, in Chicago, I remember after that game, um, the idea of beating Michael, who was, you know, is transcendent in every way. And, you know, I, I went back, I don't know, before in the, at halftime, I was smoking with Slick, you know, we would nervously smoke. But I remember after that game, I was so emotional. I, I cried because uh, we were so close. We've had a lot of great memories and we want to, you know, importantly, we want to make new memories, right, for, our, for, you know, our fans to enjoy you know, the, the, all the history and the great moments are great and speak to our basketball pedigree and, and richness, but we want to make new memories that are um, meaningful like that. Yep. You, you will obviously be a big part of that, uh, that process going forward uh, as you take over uh, ownership of the team, but 
maybe a lot of people in Indianapolis may not know that you've been very involved, certainly with the franchise for a long time now. Can you talk about or give people an idea of the connection, the direct connection in so many ways that you've had with the franchise for, for a number of years? It was probably a couple of years before we beat uh, the beat, before we built um, then Conseco Fieldhouse. I got involved, you know, in the anticipation of a, of a new building. And, you know, Marcuster Arena was so loud and had so many memories. But in that, you know, transition to this great building we've had, you know, for 22 plus years. So I got involved, you know, a couple of years before that. And in some capacity, I've been, I've been involved um, ever since. And uh, it's been a joy. Yeah. You know, I get to, I get to, you know, how do we think about our strategy? How do we, um, you know, how do we bring people together? How do we build culture? How do we um, evolve the way we're doing business? And um, it's been, you know, it's been a long time. I've got, I've got the pleasure to, you know, be a part of it from an ownership and, you know, ownership standpoint and work with the incredible management team and, um, and be additive where I can and, and supportive and be a cheerleader. And, and so it's been a long time, a, a long chunk of my life, but, um, we never felt the need to tell anyone about, I guess, about my involvement. So yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. What um, you contributed in so many ways among them. And, and there's a, there's a name for it, an acronym for it that I can't remember, but the, the Pacers in the wake of the joy, uh, George Floyd uh, murder really were out, out front as a team uh, in, in putting together a, an equity and inclusion plan for the, for the team, the community, all those types of things. And you, as I understand it, you were really took a lead role in that. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it was such an emotional time. I think all of us continuing to learn and grow and um, become more self-aware and uh, look at our biases and look how we're connecting as an organization, look at the diversity of our talent. You know, so I think our commitment to DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, yeah. Yeah. Um, and making impact both organizationally and in the community, I think dawned on all of us, even though we've, I think we showed up in a lot of ways to support a lot of great causes. And in the wake of George Floyd's murder, like how do we, you know, in an intimate and sometimes uncomfortable way, organizationally and, you know, and culturally look at, at what we're doing and how we can evolve ourselves and evolve the way we're showing up and build a, a diverse organization and, um, and, and help folks who aren't as fortunate you know, there's a lot of need out, out there. And so I think that was a moment that catalyzed the organization. And, you know, it's, there's not, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff, but our job is to not talk about, it, but just to live it and do it. And it's a long-term, you know, conviction to continue to, um, to step up in, in more and more ways. As you look at your leadership mantra, what, what you will, will uh, really put forth uh, with the Pacers organization, Community engagement. I know technology is a big, uh, has been, as I understand, a big focus of of yours uh, with the team and and how technology you can use technology to engage fans and those types of things. Is technology going to be a big part of the from a strategy standpoint as you look forward to the Pacers? I think. Look, any modern business, uh, modern consumer, anyone you know is engaging in technology in such a fundamental way. There's a lot of implications of that, but. Yeah, I mean, how we're investing, how we're innovative, um, innovating and investing internally, how are we doing it, you know, with other partnerships and relationships like Techstars or Sapphire Sports, and how are we going to continue to use technology and insight and data to, I mean, ultimately, it gets back to how do we make more 
emotive, deep connections with our fans and tell compelling stories. But technology is enabling us to how we evolve in the way we're doing business practices. We're getting you know more strategic and more data driven. But really, it speaks to how do we connect with our fans and our customers and uh, our partners in a more meaningful way. Technology is a vehicle to we feel, I feel at least, you know, make, make deeper connections. And um, so, yeah, it's important. Sure. Yeah. Pacer fans are going to want to know what, what, what kind of an owner is Steve Simon going to be? How, how would you describe your, your style, your, the thought process? What, what would you, what would you say to those uh, inquiring uh, Pacer fans who are wondering uh, about uh, your, your ownership style? I mean, I'm, you know, it's the same ownership style I've, you know, I think I've been employing, like, how do I, you know, how do I be myself, right? How do I um, continue to learn and grow, always have smarter people around me? You know, how do I listen better? I'm always working on how do I listen better and, you know, bring more compassion to various roles. I get to, you know, I get to do a lot of different things, you know, beyond Pacer Sports Entertainment and uh, it's, it's fortunate. So how do I bring my authentic self. And I think, you know, as a, as a boss or an owner or someone who's leading people, like, how do I show my own frailties, admit my mistakes and continue to radically learn and get better. And I think that gives people, you know, around you the ability to admit their frailties, get to know themselves better, ultimately be more connected to themselves and other, other folks and, and be better, more effective leaders and, and, you know, contributing to an organization. So I think it's touchy feely stuff, but this is sort of the way I think about it um, yeah. as an owner, as, as someone who, you know, can be helpful to, to folks and be, and be a part of a team, right? How do you be a part of the team? Yeah. I read a quote uh, in an article from NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, who said in many ways, and he had many nice things to say about you. He said in, in, in ways or some ways, I, I think that Steve will be, Herb Simon 2.0 from an ownership standpoint. Agree with that? Disagree? What's your What's your take on? Um, I've not heard that from Adam. By the way, you know, talk about someone to emulate the right kind of modern leader who's again same time learning, growing, and um, so you know to take what Herb's done, the way he treats people, the way he's compassionate and allows folks to operate without micromanagement. Certainly, a lot of those things are very similar to, um, you know, our styles, which, um, you know, have a lot of similarity. There's some, there's some differences, but, you know, if I can take the, um, you know, the bedrock of my dad, which he's always wants to be the best partner. And, you know, he taught me this long ago in business. Like, you know, I was doing these, you know, big box leases. And yeah, I remember he told me this a long time ago, like, you're making a deal with Burlington Code Factory, TJ Maxx, like, yeah, you can do a 650 or 850 net lease deal. Why don't you do an $8 deal? Have the guy feel good and then you'll do six or seven other leases for that guy. Something that I'm not I'm, it's not verbatim, but he told me that a long time ago and really that's the way he's, you know, he's done things, you know. Sometimes I feel like he's as he's as generous and um and supportive as possible. So if I take that kernel which I think all me and all his children have about um trying to be, you know, as a good a partner as possible and do it my own way. You know, um, certain things I do differently and, you know, more uh, sort of detailed and specific about than him. 
which is my own thing, then I think, I think I'll be okay. Looking forward, you spend a lot of time, obviously, and travel back to Indianapolis uh, and Indiana a lot. Do you anticipate spending more time in Indianapolis going forward? Yeah, I mean, I do. I do. The pandemic is, um, has, even though I've been back many, many times, um, and having a young family, like how do I, you know, um, how do I be in my own communities out here? How do I be a, a present father and and balance everything for my own, you know, uh, me- mental health? But yeah, I mean, I have so much stuff I care about and that we're, we're privileged to be involved with in Indianapolis and Indiana, and I want to be there more and um, look forward to that. Yeah, of course. Steve Simon, it's been a real treat uh, for you to join me on the Business and Beyond podcast. Uh, I look forward to uh, connecting with you more in the future and watching you as you continue uh, your career and that connection to Indianapolis and the Indiana Pacers. Uh, all the best to you. Thanks for joining. Thank us. you so much, Gary. Really ple- pleasure. I love I love what you're doing, and you've been uh, you've been doing so many great things in in this community for so long. So I really appreciate it. Great to hang with you. Take oh, care. Thank you, Steve Simon, on the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. It's a weekly conversation with achievers in business, sports, entertainment, and beyond. And you can download it and download all of our episodes at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.